Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pccToday.com. Amen. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Aren't you grateful for what God's doing? And I just want to remind you, 17 people for sure getting baptized. I'm believing for more. Come on. But just so you know, when you give, do you realize that you're partnering with God's mission to see souls saved? And Portland Christian Center, we're advancing the kingdom together. Thank you for giving towards that. That's amazing. Uh, Before I get into the message and we um, start preaching, I want to just take a moment as a church family to pray for somebody special to our church. Uh, David Martin, I think a lot of us know who Dave and Debbie Martin is. Um, Right now, uh, David is in Washington, D.C. He was um, with the Petros Network on a missions uh, trip and came back and unfortunately uh, got malaria. And uh, he's been in a coma since yesterday. And um, I talked with Debbie this morning and we need a miracle. We need a miracle. Anybody got some faith with me this morning? So let's believe for a miracle. Would you, in fact, would you just stretch your hands towards heaven? Let's just call on heaven. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who heals. You are the God that can turn any situation around. So Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we believe and we pray that you would heal David Martin. Lord, I pray that you would touch him. Thank you for his heart, that he's literally gone all over the world preaching the gospel, training missionaries, giving his life away. And I just pray that you would touch him, Lord Jesus. Heal his body. May the fever be gone. May the malaria be gone. And may he be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for it and we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if you want updates, by the way, if you, if you didn't know we do this, um, at Portland Christian, if you go to our website, pcctoday.com, we have something called a prayer wall. And there's actually a lot of people that need prayer, and you can post things, but we'll be posting updates there as well as we get to find out um, how David's doing and believe him for a miracle. Amen? Amen. All right, well, we're going to turn to our Bibles. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 15. And as you're turning there and looking for your Bibles, some of you are grabbing your electronic devices, which is great. I get to see the heavenly glow on your faces as you pull up your iPads. Uh, But while that happens, Romans 15, would you welcome uh, Phil and Sharon Walker? They're going to read the Bible to us this morning. Make sure you grab a microphone, Sharon or Phil. There you go. Come on up. They're an amazing family. Been a part of PCC for a few, just a few little bit. So, yes, come on over, and uh, we're going to read God's Word. And as customary, I know you just sat down, but if you're able to, would you stand uh, in honor of God's Word? If you're able, if you're not able, that's okay. But if you are, would you stand? And they're going to read Romans 15 to us. All right, go ahead, guys.
towards each other are other that Christ has, so that you, with one mind and one voice, may glorify the Father, uh, God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept, accept one of another, that as Christ accepts you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews and on, and on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises may be so that promises made by the patriarchs may be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will praise you, I will sing praises to the praises to your name. Again, I say, rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the people extol him. And again, Israel says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. May God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with and knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Jesus, Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done by the power of signs and wonders through the power of God, the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way to Ilicrum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, it is written, those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor, the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. So after I've completed this task, and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. 
I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea, and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Great job. Well, well done. Very good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you for reading God's Word. In case you're wondering, some people are like, man, why? that's a long time to listen to God's Word, to read out loud. We do that on purpose. Why do we do that on purpose? Number one, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Whether or not you know it, I will do my very best to preach and present the gospel as best I can. But I truly have a conviction that the best thing that you can ever hear is the Word of God. It is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and it pierces right to the heart of the matter. So every time that we take time and read through an entire chapter of God's word, it is not wasted. In fact, it is probably the best thing that you're gonna hear all day today. Also, on top of that, in case you're wondering, we, we know, now no condemnation if you're here, maybe you're new to church stuff and things like that, you're not sure, but one of the things that we find that's unfortunately true about a lot of Christians, maybe not here at PCC, will say in general, is that they don't read their Bibles. And maybe you're here and you've never actually read through Romans. Do you realize that we are next week one chapter away from finishing the entire book of Romans? So we'll give you a clap for that. You've listened to the entire book of Romans. It's been great. Well, as we're listening to that, Paul, the apostle, is obviously writing. And he's writing to this church in Rome And they've got some issues and some struggles, things that are working out. But Paul's making it really clear, and this is the title of the message if you're taking notes, is that his mission in life is to present hope. Present hope. Now, hope is something that we throw around. Maybe you've heard people say that a lot. Um, I have hope that one day um, I will look like this. I've been working out. I've been getting strong. I've been eating. I've been checking my macros, my micros. I have hope someday I'll have a six-pack. Um, some, for, for me, I was telling Mael, you know, every Saturday I have hope because uh, I don't shave my face or my head. And you'd be like, why do you have hope? Because I pray that my hair will grow back. <laughs> and so when I look in the mirror, if this, you know, the thick on the sides, the cul-de-sac is gone. Oh, didn't happen. That's okay. I have hope that some Saturday I will look and it'll be a full head of hair in Jesus' name. But, you know, oftentimes we kind of get confused with hope. And, and, and what I want to illustrate is that sometimes people think that hope just means I just blindly am optimistic and that everything's going to work out. And, it, and it, that's not at all what we're talking about. You see, blind optimism is actually pretty dangerous. When I was in high school, I was just out of high school, actually. I had a, a truck, a Dodge Ram. Uh, it was a black one, 1500. And I really liked this truck. The person before me had put dual exhausts on it. So you could hear me coming from a mile away. I mean, it was loud. And I, I really liked this truck. And I was driving down the hill towards the freeway to jump on the freeway. And the back end started shaking like this. And it started vibrating. And in that moment, I had a decision. Now, men, 
We've all been faced with this, ladies too, but men, for some reason, maybe you can relate to this. Do you pull over and check the tires or do you keep going and hope that everything works out? Now, who's in the camp of pulling over and check the tires? Okay, now who's over here with, with me that's just gonna keep going? Okay, three of you, yes, okay. So I decide, you know, no risk, no reward, got to get the biscuit. I don't know. So I'm thinking I'm, I, just, I just go for it. So I get on the freeway, get up to 65 miles an hour. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe it was just something was stuck. I don't know if I go faster that maybe the stick will pop out of something. I don't know. And the back end is just shaking like crazy. And as I'm going, boom, the tire, my right tire just explodes and I'm looking in the mirror and the sides of this tire is shooting off the freeway. And I look in my mirror and the whole thing explodes off and I'm down to just the rims and sparks are flying all over the freeway. And I go like this. Unfortunately, I was able to pull off to the side and everybody, I'm still here today. Everything's okay. Okay, what that is called is blind optimism. Or maybe another person will say, that's just foolish. That is not what you're supposed to do. And by the way, if you're a teenager that's getting your license, um, stop, okay? And ladies, you can look over at your husbands or whatever. Just stop, ask for directions, do whatever it takes to be safe, right? But, but what ends up happening is, and, and I think we all live in this tension, is where there's this level and line where we have hope for things, we're believing for things. We're trusting for things. But the world would tend to tell you, you don't have a reason to hope. In fact, you should be sad. You should be depressed. You should be upset because look around you. Do you see your country? Do you think racism is getting any better? Do you think relationships are getting better? Do you think the economy is getting better? Do you think our president's getting better? Do you think that the school system, and, and you can just go down this line and here's what happens. People start looking at the world and the situation and they think things are only getting worse. Let's just wait for Jesus to come. He'll level it all and then we'll all start over with Jesus again. But the problem with that is that's not what Jesus has called you to do. He's called you to have hope because in this world we will have troubles and tribulation. But Jesus said this, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. The problem is the world will look at you and say, that's blind optimism. But the apostle Paul would say, no, that's hope in a God that can do the impossible. And I want you to look back at your situation, your life. Where are you partnering with the enemy and the allies of the enemy that it's only going to get worse? It's only going to be broken. It's only going to be lost. We're never going to make it. And I dare you to challenge, to go back to the gospel and the God of all hope who says, no, 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 no. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And God is the one who can conquer any situation. Just this last week, I went down to City Hall in downtown Portland. Thursday morning, went down Portland, didn't know what to happen. It was raining, it was pouring. I went right into the City Hall, went up there looking with uh, Tom Dooley inviting me, we went to go pray for the mayor. Didn't have an appointment. We were just hoping we are going to find him. <laughs> Seriously, that was his idea. I said, hey, I'm game. Let's go. So we went. 
He wasn't even there. But we took the opportunity. We prayed for the security guards. We prayed for everybody we could in the building. I did a little FaceTime video and, I'm sorry, Instagram Live. And we prayed and we got people all over the city praying. And I just began to call on God because I believe Portland can be changed for Jesus. I believe things can change. 100%. So today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Presenting hope is not blind optimism. It's confidence in our good God that he will do what he said he would do. That's the God we serve, amen? I'm gonna read that to you one more time. Presenting hope is not blind optimism. It's confidence in our good God that he will do what he said he will do. And you might be thinking, well, what are some things God said he would do? Number one, he will be faithful. Hebrews 10, 23. Some of you need to write these verses down because maybe you're going through a hard time. Maybe you'll be, you're struggling with believing in hope. You need the word of God in your life. It's an anchor for your soul. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Romans 8, 38 through 39. Unconditional love. I love this. He has promised to unconditionally love us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this one, some of you here, you, you might be like, man, I've been going through a hard time. I've been just pushing and grinding and, and, and you're tired. Anybody tired? It's okay to admit it. Like you, you are just physically tired. Did you know that God promises that he will give you rest? Listen to this, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's a promise for God, from God to you. He's somebody that you can trust. He's someone that's faithful. He's someone that will be with you and he'll love you no matter what. And when you hold on to the truth of who God is, that's how you can not only have hope and present hope. So the question I want to answer in the few short minutes that we have left is, how can I present hope today? How can I present hope today? The first way that you can do that, number one, is the Holy Spirit is your source of hope, not people. The Holy Spirit is your source of hope, not people. In fact, I want to say it this way. People are your target, not your primary source of hope. People are your target for hope, not your primary source of hope. Now, don't get me wrong. Being in this room, worshiping with you, seeing people lifting their hands, I had some hope today. I was encouraged today. Why? Because people took time out of their day to come to this church and say, Jesus, be lifted high. Does that encourage anybody else today? It encouraged me. But I'm just gonna, I'm gonna like pull the veil off. You ready? Look at me real quick. Some of you aren't looking. You ready? You ready? Dial it back in, baby. I am not depending on you for my hope. I don't depend on you. So I'm like, well, Pastor Nate doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> if I live by the compliments of people, I'll die by their criticism. As true as that is, we all have fallen prey to our day being determined by what someone else says about you. 
by what someone else said to somebody else about you. The rumor gets back to you like, oh, they said it again. I can't believe it. Where's your source of hope? Do you realize that if you allow God to be your source of hope, you will never run out of it? Let me prove it to you. You ready? This verse right here, verse 13, may the God of hope, who's the God of hope? Our God. He's the God of hope. May he fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Stop looking to people for your hope as your primary source of hope. Stop looking to your bank account to be your primary source of hope. We tithe and we give no matter how full our offerings buckets are inside of our house and our money and our bank accounts. Why? Because he's my hope. He's the one I trust. I was listening to a, a counselor talk about a, a new couple. They were so excited to get married. And they were young and in love. And he looked over at the, lady, at the man and he says, um, why, why, why do you love this woman? And he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> when I'm with her, she just makes me feel so good. I just feel great. She's just amazing and, you know, she just makes me smile so happy. And he said he wanted to stop the counseling session right there. And he, and he would say, okay, hold right there. Run away, lady. Run away. Why did he want to run away? Because she is his drug. He's getting all of that love from her. What happens when she disappoints him? What happens when she's not happy with him? Well, the warm feelings are gone, that's for sure. People cannot be your source of hope. People cannot be your source of love. People will disappoint you. Hello. It's amazing to me in church how people are so shocked. Oh, they, they let me down. Welcome to life. We all get let down. We all get disappointed. That all happens to us. That's why we have Jesus. The one who will never let you down. The one who will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He has hope for you that's eternal that will last. Today, church, we're going to have a picnic. And I'm counting on eating at least two cheeseburgers. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to have people come to our church that don't know God, that are invited to a picnic. We had them last year. We are not expecting them to fill us with hope. My prayer is that as you go out and enjoy food, that you'll be presenting hope to them. When you talk to people, yeah, we clap for that. That's okay. And I, and I want to commission you. You ready? When you go have food and someone says, oh, did you hear about blah, 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 flip the script. Speak life. You're here to present hope. The Apostle Paul was going not just to people that were like kind of against Christianity and everything. Do you know what Paul was doing? He was going to people that were actively hostile against the gospel. And he said, I'm here to present hope. Today, we're going to baptize at least 17 people. Where are my baptism people at? Where are you at? Would you stand with me real quick? All the people getting baptized, would you clap for them? Come on. They're all over. They're still standing. 
They're still standing. Okay. You're, stay standing. Don't get down. Don't get down. Stay standing. Church, would you extend your hands this way? Lord Jesus, we bless these people. Why? Because they're presenting hope from death to life, from brokenness to freedom. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. All of you that are standing, you got to get ready to get baptized. Come on, let's, let's clap for them. They're getting ready. Present hope. Present hope. Present hope. Present hope, church. It's not blind optimism. It's trust and belief in a good God. In a good God. In about five minutes, I'm going to dismiss us, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to cheer for when the, You're going to grab your kids, by the way. Don't leave. If you have children, hello. <laughs> Why do we want our kids out there? Because we want to see and testify that God is good. If I could have everyone stand with me, I want to close this morning with just something really, really clear. About three years ago, there was a man who'd been married for over 50 years. And his wife, unfortunately, had cancer. And she was the spiritual rock in their, their, their marriage. She had made him come to church his whole life. And unfortunately, when she got cancer, he loved her so much, he redid the entire house, the flooring, made it to one level, got it so that her wheelchair could go in there. And just when the flooring and all the remodel finally got finished, she passed away. And he came back to church by himself because we weren't sure if he was going to come because we knew he was very clear that he didn't love God. He just loved his wife. And he came broken and crying and the church just wrapped their arms around him and loved him. And he accepted Jesus. You see, isn't that amazing? As his Lord and Savior. And it was the first time I've ever been a part of baptizing someone that was 84 years old. I tell you that because some of you here, today's your day to be baptized. You're like, spontaneous baptism? What does that mean? Here's what it means. And we have biblical precedent for this, by the way. Philip, one of the, one of the disciples of Jesus, was on the road. And he sees this Ethiopian eunuch and he hears him reading the Bible out loud. And he doesn't understand what it is. He jumps in the carriage with him, explains it to him explains who Jesus is, explains that in order to go to heaven, you got to receive and repent and confess your sins to the Lord. And he does, and he prays for him. And all of a sudden, the eunuch says, there's water. Can I get baptized right now? Why not? So they jump in the water. They baptize him. And what's crazy is, and you could read this in Acts, Philip gets transported out of the water. He's gone. That could happen today. We'll see. <laughs> Pastor Jason, he's good. <laughs> He's on his way. Who knows? But I want you to hear this very clearly from me as your pastor. I love you. I love you. You never know what the day will hold. Every day is a gift.
If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you want to make him your Lord and Savior, we're going to pray for you. But here's the other thing. If you need to be baptized, today's your day. Today's your day. And we'll have some pastors up by the baptism tank. And if you want to get baptized, we'll go talk, go talk to them. And we would love to baptize you. Here's why. And I don't have time to read it, but Jesus was fully God. Did he get, need to get baptized? But did he? Yes. He didn't need to, but he did. Why? Because he was not only telling us to do something, he was demonstrating it. I love what John Wooden says. He says, young people need models, not critics. Amen? So you may be here and you're like, man, I, I, I need to get baptized, but I feel like I'm really old. Perfect time to get baptized. We would love to baptize you. But here's the deal. If you're here today and you, need to receive, you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you right where you are. So with every eye open, because there's no shame or no condemnation, if you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you and believe that you're going to be saved. Amen. Anybody in here? Okay. Now maybe online we can pray for that as well. All right. No hands, that means we're good. Or maybe we're not. You can talk to me afterwards. I'll be here. But let's pray, amen. So Father, I pray for any person here that needs to come to you. I pray that they would repent of their sins and turn to you. I ask Holy Spirit right now by your mighty power that you would do a work that only you can do. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. All right. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.